Welcome to Coffee and Change. I'm Bill Kirst. As a business professional, a U.S. veteran, a lifelong learner, and an active listener, I help others navigate, understand, and adapt to our ever-changing workplace and world. As a third culture kid, I call many places home. Presently, Seattle is where I explore my creativity through the power of words and images. In this podcast, we journey with our guests, gaining knowledge and inspiration from their stories. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you may be listening to this today, around the world, I want to say thank you for tuning in. We've reached episode 99, and it's a special reunion episode. Just a year ago, my guest, Julio Alvarez, shared his story, his whole story, with the world for the first time. He chose this platform and this community of listeners to trust with that story. I was honored to echo that story. And Julio's story continues to be the most listened to and most shared episode of this podcast. So it made sense to have him back a year later to see how his story is evolving, manifesting, and measuring in change in these times of great change. A big thank you to Julio for coming back on the podcast and being the guest for episode 99. Enjoy the conversation. So we get to celebrate. And I've learned that as a coach that like honoring people, affirming them and validating them, you know, isn't a core part of the, how you release energy and like get people to higher levels of, of energy. Right. And oftentimes it's those people that probably would never afford it to themselves. It seems like a lot more than a year has gone by though. For a couple of reasons, I think the world has changed even more than we thought it would and could. And the other thing is you're closer to a thousand listens of your episode, <laughs> which is pretty amazing. And I'm excited for this episode because clearly people love listening to your story and they're going to be eager to hear what you've been doing the past year. Yeah. And I have you to thank for that because that was really the first time I ever told the story or got behind a mic. And in fact, one of the things I discovered this year was that's one of the things I'm, you know, I'm, I'm afraid of is getting in front of the mic, which is kind of ironic because I got a lot of compliments of how smooth I was on the mic, but yet I am really uncomfortable mustering the courage to do it. But baby steps, one degree turns, I've been, I've been changing that. So, yeah. Why, why do you think that is? Why do you think you're still nervous and, and experience that feeling of anxiety behind the mic? Mm, I think... That's a great question, actually. That just came up in my coaching certification school this weekend. Uh, fear of what people, of criticism. Mm -hmm. Fear of what people will think when I post something and someone's bound to disagree or ridicule or criticize. I think, I think deep down there's a discomfort with what it's going to be like to look at a post and see negative comments. Mm. So instead of entertain that I do nothing and I mostly outward. Right. 
Right. Uh, but that's going to change. And I'm comm- it's in fact, we're talking about it now because in a year from now, we're going to look back on this and hopefully this will be a distant memory. And this some even just communicating this is will release some of that energy around. Right. Ooh, what are people going to say? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I was listening to um, something the other day and somebody was saying how it's kind of beyond our human understanding and condition to be able to have multiple voices from distant locations tell us what they think without us ever having seen their face or knowing their story or knowing their suffering or knowing their trauma. And I was thinking a lot about that. You're kind of hitting on this aspect of on one side, social media is a wonderful thing because it's a platform. And, you know, we use that word very intentionally, a platform that allows you to create community, connect with people, so forth and so on. But Mm. I don't think we're wired to have for lack of a better term, a thousand voices talking to us at the same time. Like you just can't decipher. You can't mm-hmm. make sense of it. And I think one of that that's one of the intimidating things mm-hmm. that we have stumbled upon is the ability to put something out there. I mean, if you think back to when there used to be, and this is even before my time and before your time, but there used to be what, three or four channels, mm, right? Yeah. Three or four major news channels, right? And you would get your news and you'd process it. Maybe you disagree with it, but you process it and you talk about it probably in your home, mm. around your table, maybe on your porch, maybe in your neighborhood. And that was kind of it. But now, yeah, that was the extent of it. You talk about it with people. And again, there are pluses and minuses to this, but you talk about it with people that are on other sides of the world who you never see their face and you don't know their mannerisms. You don't know their intentions. And it it hooks us. It still mm-hmm. hooks us because I think sometimes we treat a comment in a thread or a post or a forum the same as somebody coming up on our porch and saying, I have something to tell you when it's not the case. It's just not the case. I mean, somebody said to me recently, if you really want to go feel bad, about the world, go spend your time on the comment section, just the comment section of a New York Times or Washington Post article. Mm. And just scroll and read and scroll and read and scroll. Mm. Well, what's that been for like for you? Have you struggled with that? I mean, we're on this is episode 99. I presume you've had some negative sentiment, even if just a few, like, how has that impacted you? I don't really look for it. Okay, nice. It's going to come in one way or another. I think one of the things I've treated this very deliberately, this is a sacred space for me. So mm-hmm. you're sitting in your home. You and I both share the commonality of meditation and mindfulness. We create sacred spaces. We create an altar. We create a space where we're going to meditate. Mm-hmm. And the reason we do that, I think, is because we don't want all that fray to come into that. So for me, I released myself from that intention long before I really let this thing grow. If there are comments out there, Mm -hmm. I don't really know where to find them. I think there was one time that somebody screenshotted a review from Apple podcast or iTunes back in the day and said, Hey, have you read this? And it was positive. It was a really positive one. I said, no, I didn't even see that. And then I kind of sat with it and I said, wow, it makes me feel really good. But 
Mm. Then I stopped because it was also doing, a, it was like a little bit of that hit. I found myself doing like, oh, do I go back and read more? Mm. And the thing I noticed for me, Julio, was that it was taking the attention away from the purpose. Mm. The work. And if I'm meeting you and having a conversation already thinking about what comments are going to come from it, then I'm not present mm-hmm. in my conversation with mm-hmm. you. And one of the things that I've learned over the course of almost a hundred episodes is this has been such a gift in presence. Mm. We don't get a lot of that in our lives right now. It takes commitment. It takes a level of passion and compassion and it's a sacred space for me. So I don't, I don't want to say I don't fall victim to it cause I'm sure I do but I don't go looking for it. My porch is my porch. And I'm very deliberate about inviting people on the porch. Yeah. I love that. I love that. It's, um, it's similar to a a coach friend of mine who yesterday prompted me with, we actually, he actually asked me a similar question. You just asked me and he said, what, what would a world look like if you focused on the people who sent you the messages of impact? Oh, I really needed to hear that today. Or, you made me feel not alone or seeing you share your story made me want to share mine. Why don't you, what would a world look like if you chose that narrative, that story, that more empowering story, as opposed to what will people say? What negative things will they say when I put this out? Yeah. Love that. And I think sometimes it feels that simple. It's like the flip of a switch, but I know it's not, Mm. I know it's not. I think the other thing for you, given your background, and you shared a lot of this in the in the last episode, but you had 15 years in tech, you built product and you did marketing for product. So I think it's kind of mm. in your DNA to think about how things land mm. and the value that people will get out of them. I can't imagine it's easy just to release that after mm. 15 years of doing that, right? Yeah, that's such a good point, actually. I... Um... I jokingly uh, this weekend at coaching school brought all of my 11 by 17 pieces of paper. I must have like 150 of just sketches of wireframes and strategy docs and tone of voice principles and like, uh, you know, renderings of like the logo. And I had all of this work and um, because I'm, it's my rational thinking brain, the analytical 15 Mm -hmm. years in tech building a campaign Uh, and it's interesting realizing, well, yes, those those nuggets are really helpful. Um, you don't need to have all of that figured out to take the next move. And I think that's probably one of the biggest reflections I have thinking about the first podcast to now was recognizing that the goal is just to figure out the next right move and then the yeah. next right move and then the next right move, not to have everything sorted uh, because that's setting you up for, for failure. It's not actually realistic. Um, yeah, it's so. a tremendous amount of pressure. I mean, yeah. it's one thing to plan a campaign for a product launch. You and I both know that world. It's another to follow your purpose and take the next right step and just trust, like mm-hmm. trust yourself that that next right step is going to lead you in the direction you're meant to be. There might be one day you take a walk in Central Park and you decide I'm going to take this path over that path. You never know who you're going to talk to or run into, or you yeah. take these incredible pictures on your walks. You, you never know the way the sunlight's going to stream through the trees and catch your eye. And hmm. I think sometimes we think it's 
a little extraneous to go walk through life that way. When in fact, it's probably when we learn the most and we see like the unexpected Mm -hmm. parts of the world that remind us who we truly are. I think back to a year ago when we chatted, there was so much going on for you at the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, this podcast, Hoffman podcast, you've done a lot of work with some of your friends that were in SoulCycle. And I loved that article that you shared with me, SoulCycle minus the bike. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about that? Like what some of these paths that you've taken this past year. Yeah, have yeah, peoplehood. I imagine have looked like uh, the image that comes to mind is on your living room floor, you've got 11 by 17 papers everywhere. And there's a method in the madness, so to speak, but which one of those pieces of paper did you pick up yeah. over the course of this year? And, and what were some of the things that you got involved in out of reflection? Wow, great question. Um, well, first of all, I was definitely part of the great resignation. You know, I consider myself in that bucket of people who 15 years on rocket ships at tech, you know, Apple, Google, Airbnb, Lyft, et cetera. And at this inflection point, like so many people last year, where for the first time when I was forced to really get still and pay attention to what my life was trying to tell me and what internally I wanted to do, I knew I wanted to leave. I knew there was something else pulling me. I was overwhelmed by the ideas coming out. The, do I do this? Do I become a consultant? Do I become a coach? Do I become a contractor? Do I go back into a bigger company, smaller company? Maybe I pivot out of marketing into product, et cetera, which is something I feel like a lot of people can relate to. I, I ended up having a conversation with the chief strategy officer at Lyft at the time. And he said, look at this as an experiment. Like think about your life as one big experiment. And if that were the lens, how then would you show up? How would you think about the projects? How would you think about the work? And that really was a shift for me. So um, it was that idea of an experiment. And then a book I read by Michael Singer called The Surrender Experiment. Love that book. Oh my gosh. And The Untethered Soul. Yeah. Two great books. And I thought, you know, what would a world look like to just surrender a little bit? You know, we we know that the next breath is not guaranteed because of COVID. We know that we're one of the lucky ones that we get to be here. What would it look like if I stopped trying to control every bit of my life and just surrendered to it a little bit with intention, but surrender and just allow things to come? And that came from this podcast, actually. Like, mm-hmm. I was hesitant to do that. And I said, surrender to this moment. Like, this opportunity is here. Do it. We did the podcast. It it got the most views. And that was my signal from the universe that said, I've got you. Like, this is the direction. Keep moving in the direction of what your heart is telling you. And it was a, it was a, whoa. So it was that. And then the experimentation, I decided, let's just see what the universe puts in front of me. And then Lyft calls me back and they're looking for some consultation on some projects, my old team, which I'm so grateful for an experiment. Do I like the work from a different perspective outside the company as opposed to in, um, the founders of SoulCycle built this incredible business 
ended up selling it to Equinox, had some capital to think about what is the next problem they want to solve. It turns out relational fitness, this concept that just as though you would go and get a trainer or go pay for a soul cycle class, so too should you be thinking about how to exercise the muscle that is your brain, that is empathy, that is emotional intelligence, that is kindness, that is listening, active listening. What an idea, right? But it turns out yeah. that when you have two dedicated women who are really committed to the cause, you can build this thing. And I had the opportunity to do some of the early tests and participate and give some advice and another experiment. What does it feel like to work with a smaller company? And then I started getting lots of phone calls through regular, you know, my regular cadence of posting something that comes to mind. People would call and say, hey, I'm really stuck in my career. I want a different job or I'm not good enough to get into tech. I don't have the background or my relationship is really struggling. We just are at odds with each other or I'm an executive trying to navigate Gen Z in my life in, in our team and also trying to navigate this remote work um, digitally at the rate of change that demands a lot of emotional intelligence. And I was like, wow, this is actually really fun. I would entertain these calls. They would come from LinkedIn. They would come from old friends from the woodwork. I would entertain these calls on a recurring basis and change started happening. People started to get jobs. People started to share stories of success with their, their reportees. People started to recognize truths about their relationship. And I was like, wow, this is so interesting. Like this could be, is, this could be my job. Mm -hmm. I can actually do this for a living. Mm -hmm. Another experiment. So I said, all right, let's like, let's go to coaching school. Let's get the certification. Let's understand the frameworks behind what it is that I am feeling and doing. And that's where I am right now. I've now created a business called Let's Go With Julio. Mm -hmm. And the intention of Let's Go With Julio is to build a community of people who are seeking to do the work, who want to become the highest, truest version of themselves, a better version of themselves by connecting to what is true for them in a world where we're so bombarded by other truths and other people's ideas. And so I'm thinking, wow, this, this has evolved from a series of different experiments to me feeling like, wow, coaching really is where my superpower is. It's where I can bring out the best in people. And so I decided to double down on it. And that's really what I've been up to. Wow. That's, I mean, that's incredible. Like as you're describing it, the thing that I go back to is when we were talking about the importance of that front porch moment, you're creating a front porch moment for people in a world that is so discursive and listening to too many voices. They're probably mm -hmm. scrolling through threads of stuff too and LinkedIn articles and trying to figure out where am I in that? And then they pick up the phone and they call you yeah. or they see a post and they reach out. And I think it's really powerful that you're kind of creating this moment where you say, hey, you know what? Pull up a chair. Like, let's talk. I, I don't necessarily have all the answers. Mm. You probably do. They're just somewhere inside. And resurfacing that for people. Mm. I'm curious, you'd mentioned the name Let's Go With Julio. 
Yeah. I know that from a couple of different medium. Can you talk a little bit about that and the origin of that? Yeah, you know, it started as like Julio NYC. And this was actually birthed in Out in Tech. Out in Tech was going to be Out in Tech NYC. And then we redacted NYC. Out in Tech is an uh, LGBTQ uh, organization and more than 40,000 uh, members in tech. I helped create it back in 2012. Um, and so I thought the NYC thing was cool. I had to redact it from Out in Tech, this organization I created. So then I put it into my social handle, Julio NYC. And then one day when I moved to California, I switched it to Let's Go With Julio. And it really has stuck because I do think it's one of those moments where like you watch a Billie Eilish video about how they made a song and they're making it, you know, her and Phineas are making it literally in their bedroom just with like, you know, all these, all this different type of makeshift, equi makeshift equipment. And it just comes to them. They have these moments right. where something comes to you. And so Let's Go With Julio had this, this energy to it. It was movement. And that's kind of what you feel when you work with me. There's a, the vibration in the room is raised. I have realized and recognized through my time in this work this past year that my, that what I am able to contribute is to raise the vibration in the room so that people can use that to get where they want to go, to bring out the best in them. And that is the, that is what we, that is what let's go with Julio does. That is what it, it's about the movement. Yeah. It's about the movement for the person. I think it's really interesting too, because I pulled a card today. <laughs> I pulled this uh, tarot card and mm. uh, in my time of dabbling or studying in tarot, there's still cards I've never come across before. And wow. most of it is amateur, right? I'm, I'm learning. It's an experiment. It helps me sort of get out of my head for a second and look at imagery and symbols. And so the four of swords card is one I'd never pulled before. And it's so much about like rest and recuperation mm. and working problems quietly with faith, uh, introspection and solitude and contemplation about what is happening and why and planning your next moves wisely. Mm. And I just think it's so interesting because the imagery of this, right? It's, it's uh, mm. the four swords and it's obviously a little bit of a, kind of a almost like a cathedral motif sort of a tomb or burial element to it but the reason i thought it was really powerful is as you're describing it some of this stuff is easier to know it than to feel it mm. you touched on that we say we should slow down we talk about that but it's a lot harder to do it and feel it mm. it's a lot harder to have a conversation with someone when they ask you mm. what is your truest desire in this world you could state it but then the next question is what are you doing to get closer to it right what is the next move you're going to mm -hmm. make as you describe or what's the next right move it's a lot harder for people to sort of enact it and feel it and we are in this kind of time where i, I don't know i almost call it like an, it's an in-between time you know you named the great resignation and you're you're a true case study of that mm. benefactor of that but we're in this in-between time where i think there's a lot of people trying to run back to what we knew um i'm even i'm even encountering these in, these interactions where people say okay are, are we gonna do it in person or are we can do it 
do it virtually. I had this great conversation with a former guest yesterday who I got to meet in person again. And he said, what's the process now? Like, do you go all the way back to interviewing people in person because you can? Yeah. Said, yeah. That's a great question. Um, I've done about two interviews in person since the pandemic started. And I think in an interesting way for me, I don't necessarily think it'll swing all the way back, but there will be moments where I say, I'm anticipating this to be a really powerful and important conversation in person. And if the world enables it and I'm there in person and that person's there in person, we'll do it, right? We have the technology to do it. But I also know that the importance of connecting with people, regardless of the geography, in order for their story to come through is just as important. So I'm, I'm curious from your standpoint, like we are in mm. this sort of swashbuckling in between time. You're talking to people who are reaching out. They're in the, they're in the throes of this. But you're also in the space where you really get to mm. determine how you spend your time, who you spend your time with, how you walk, how you design. You're designing a business from the ground up. Is that a more calming experience? Or is it, is it just as, um, is it the, you know, the, the analogy of the duck on the water and the feet underneath, right? Like, how does it feel to you right now? I think it feels very common because I work hard to stay awake. Like I, I am doing the work in a way that makes the business feel sustainable. Is that as fast as I would like it to be? Hmm. My intellect says no, but is it at the pace that I believe that, you know, my spirit wants me to do it at a, at a place that respects my boundaries and allows me to love myself and love the work at the same time? Yeah. Um, and that's taken work to be comfortable with that. And I love what you were saying. I mean, I, I feel like what's happening in this world and what I see with my clients is there's so much hysteria in this world right now when we are meeting that hysteria with more hysteria and we are all becoming hysterical and the yeah. job is to see it and see through it and then transcend it and go beyond the hysteria mm -hmm. to what is true what is the truth and then once you find the truth you move forward with love and with kindness and it feels like to me that i'm at the stage in my career where that the formula is starting to come i literally just had a meditation before this where it was like accept follow and go were the three words that came to mind like it's the yeah. themes that i'm seeing from the work that i'm doing is to create change you accept the current moment for what it is that's not saying I have to, you know, yeah, it may suck, but we time box it. This shit sucks. I see this happen. Um, so you accept it for what it is. You follow what's true for you. So you get still enough in order to accept it. You have to get still enough and quiet enough to honor and acknowledge the present moment. Mm -hmm. Once you're able to do that, you go inward and ask what is true for you right now? What is it that you really want? Who are you and what do you want? And the answers come. They may not come right away, but they come. And once they do come and you follow that truth, you go for it. You double down and you go for it with love and with kindness that 
there actually is a different way to talk to yourself. How many of us struggle? I had this conversation the other week with my mom. She started to cry because I let her know. I was like, I just want you to be clear. Like my whole life, I've had this voice in my head always telling me I'm not good enough. Literally from the moment I wake up and I look in the mirror and I see a role and I'm like, you're a fat ass to I'm eating extra pasta to I didn't have, I didn't go out enough this week to I didn't get enough done in my business to I didn't read, whatever, you name it. We have this perpetual voice that's constantly judging and critiquing us for whether what we've done is acceptable, worthy enough. And I've only recently started to uh, find compassion for that and its place in my life by setting boundaries and giving it love and being kind to it. But for the longest time I did that and my mom was so taken aback by that because she was the exact opposite. She has a cheerleader in her mind that's like, go, 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 go. You can do this. You got this. Move, move, move. Versus, So she had this, um, this cheerleader, inner cheerleader, and I had this inner critic. And that tension between the two is so just mm-hmm. so interesting to me. And I realized the more I coach that this is a common pattern, that the third piece of this, the first is that you have to accept it. The second is you have to follow what's true for you. And the third is you have to find a new way to talk to yourself that there are more empowering ways to say something to yourself and be kind to yourself. And that is what a coach helps do. It helps people who feel stuck or who are unable to arrive at a decision and lack clarity or who um, need a champion to accept what's going on and have empathy for it and validate it and acknowledge it to ask deep empowering questions that help you get to what is actually true for you? Not your mom, not your girlfriend, not your children, not your you know teacher. What is true for you? And then once you define that, then we go for it with loving kindness. And we, we work inch by inch, one degree turn by one degree, degree turn, brick by brick, all with mm-hmm. loving kindness to finally get you to where you want to be. And that was like a huge unlock for me. And that is literally what I do today is I help people arrive at that because you can't do that alone. How often do we have really sacred spaces to your comment earlier without judgment, without empire building, without an ulterior motive who are holding space for you and Mm -hmm. showing a mirror, showing, putting up a mirror and saying, you just told me this. How true is that? Is that really what you believe? Because that is not reflected back in your actions or what is that costing you to continue to live your life that way? So on and so forth. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it's, uh, it's, it so reminds me of the, the cheerleader versus the critic. I mean, that's, I think it's really a, a powerful reminder because people that will resonate with so many people listening, because I think we know one far better than we know the other. And there are times when that critic is just on overdrive and we get to, through conversations like you're describing, there's an option to tap the critic out (laughs) and say, hey, you know what? You sit this one out. (laughs) I need, yeah, you go to the side, you sit this one out. You get to decide. So let's talk about a cheerleader moment last week that you put out on LinkedIn. You took the video that Beyonce put out for the Mm. new song, (laughs) Break My Soul. And 
I loved how you did mm. it because it's in LinkedIn, right? Which a lot of people think, oh, it's a business platform. Yes, it is a business platform. And we're talking about the business of changing people's lives. You took that video and you posted it. You put some of the lyrics up and you said it spoke to you. And it certainly spoke to me. I would ha- I had it on repeat a lot last week. <laughs> I think it spoke to a lot of people last week mm. for many, many reasons. Yeah. And then this week, given the events of last Friday, given the fact that Pride is coming to an end in a couple of days, there's so many emotions that that people are carrying around in the world. Why, why did you choose to post that? And, and what did the, the song, what does, I'll keep it present tense, not past tense. What does the song, Break My Soul, You Can't Break My Soul, what did it bring up for you? And I'm just curious, like mm. to the mix of the medium, to me was so powerful. But then again, I've self-professed, I'm a huge yeah. music person. And in those moments yeah. of dark and depth and despair, I turned to music. So I'd love to hear a little bit about what that was like for you. Yeah, I, what came up to me initially was cultural relevance. Like the words and the tonality and the pacing speak to the way people feel, everyday people are feeling right now releasing the shame, releasing the anger, releasing the fear. So much of what we have bottled up in our hysteria, in our own minds, like a lot of that needs to, we, we, we're we on a journey to let a lot of that go so that we can make more room for kindness and compassion and love and empathy. And so the way she manifested the release and the, the release, the release you're this, the release you're that, the beat and the pacing fell energetically like a release. Yeah. And I was, first of all, I was so captivated by that. Um, and then about, you know, the new foundation, building a new foundation on a new vibration. Like this is the language of, of what so many people in the great resignation this past couple of years have been dealing with. Yeah. It's redefining what is our new foundation? What is acceptable and not acceptable? What is my foundation, not someone else's foundation? And also the vibration piece is so interesting because we rec- I recognize now that we are all vibrations, mm-hmm. vibrational human beings. And we get to decide whether that goes up and it's in a higher frequency or lower frequency. So, and I'm learning that now through coaching school mm-hmm. and particularly the type of uh, training that I'm getting about how to get people to higher energy levels and release negative energy to get us to higher energy levels. And so that the notion of vibration with energy really connected to me. Um, and of course, you know, I love the way Beyonce as an artist manifests her message. Yeah. It is through creativity and art. And I believe all of us can access that. Some people it's with their voice. Some people it's with music. Some people it's with poetry. Some people it's with facilitation. Mm -hmm. Some people it's with, you know, fashion. But we all can access that inner creative energy. And I think, you know, that that song, Break My Soul, was just so, so relevant. Another thing that it brings to mind is the the notion of soul. Like I used to be really uncomfortable with soul and spirituality and vibration and energy. And like I was very corporate, clinical, like techie. What are these things? 
give me the hack, give me the secret, give right. me the Tiago Forte or whatever his name is, um, <laughs> uh, you know, noting notes secret. And so I, I think about this quote, like, you know, the, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. Yeah. And we are spirits. Like, I really do feel that, like we're here for a short, and that's something that Michael Singer helped me with too, is recognizing we're literally here for maybe a hundred years, mm -hmm. but there's shit before us and there's shit after us. Right. Like we go, like we will come and go, we're here, but our spirit is so much bigger than all of this. Um, and I love that she put that in the title and really claimed it and owned it and made it a part of culture yeah. and conversation. Mm -hmm. That to me was, is, it was beautiful. Yeah. And I, I will tell you that just in a week, it has entered the conversations, the corporate conversations I put in air quotes so much. I mean, really? people, yeah, I can't tell you how many people, uh, have started meetings and said, Hey, have you heard no. it? I've been listening to it all week. Oh yeah. Like it's, I mean. Wow, when something is created Beyonce. with that intention, to your point, sure, right? I don't think she just kind of got bored on one night and said, "Hey, I'm just gonna write this mm. on a legal pad," and then I need a pop no, hit. Th th you can tell, to your point, the frequency that went into that, mm. and I think, like we were talking about resonance, right? I mean, we're essentially kind of if you strip it all down, if we go super scientific about it. It's mm. electrons and particles and water and like all of this stuff is just bouncing around it. It's kind of a miracle that it all takes place in this sometimes neat, sometimes messy container yeah. that is the human body. But I think the resonance is what hit people to your point around the, the beat, right? The beginning beat. Mm. It's a little mm -hmm. bit like uh, mimics a heartbeat. Um, yeah. Oh, I haven't thought about yeah, that. Yeah, there's, there's some elements to it. So if you, if you, Again, I'm nerding out here, but if you if you unpack and unlayer the elements, you can you can hear love this the canvas that she put together. Like, okay, I want mm. I want a little bit of the heartbeat sound. I want the repeat in the beginning because again, mm. what does that bring you to? It brings you back to your your infancy, your childhood, when a parent used to say the same thing over and over and over again, right? So you could learn mm -hmm. the words, so you could learn the frequency, wow. like all of that stuff is in there. That's not, that's, that's awesome. not accidental. Mm. That's why Bay is Bay. Which by the way, which by the way, this is an interesting learning, okay? Which is intention is really everything. Absolutely. You don't get what you want, you get what you intend. Yes. And so I see this a lot also with clients and coaching. Like I want a, I want a, I want a promotion. I want a better relationship. I want a this, I want a that I need, I need how many times I hear I want and I need all the time on rep on repeat. And it's interesting because when I bring awareness to it, Hey, do you realize like you've said need five times? What's that about? Mm -hmm. What, what's, what's behind the need yeah. to do all these things all the time? Uh, people are constantly, it's like, go, go, go. Which is where, which is where that, again, going back to the four of swords, right? Going back to that, that like mm. go, 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 but respite after sorrow, rest and recuperation, mm. working problems quietly with faith, plan your next move wisely. I mean, this is so interesting to me that this, <clears throat> with everything that's happening in the world, right now. And I know you and I exchanged discussions last week. I mean, it was Friday was yeah. a tough day for a lot of people. Yeah. 
and continues to be tough yeah. days, regardless of where people stand. And we don't need to get into the political arguments because, again, that'll take, as we said, we yeah. don't want to go into the comment section of the New York Times or the Washington Post. Yeah. But I do want to acknowledge that it is a different, it's a different country. Yes. We're in a different country than it was yeah. the week prior. Um, and I think it's why discussions like this are so important that people hear because what do you do with rage? What do you do mm. with anger? What do you do with sorrow? All of these things are very important emotions. And your point before around yeah. intention, vibration, and resonance. Um, I think these are inquiries that people are having with themselves. Not everybody has mm. the benefit of a conversation with a Julio. Um, yeah. But I, I'm just, I mean... I'm sure like you've had some pretty powerful conversations the past week. You know, you went to pride in New York. Um, you got to celebrate some incredible highs and we're also talking to people about some really challenging times. So I'm just curious what that's, what that's been like for you this past week. Well, I think to your point about the anger and the fear, I think there's anger, there's a lot of anger in the world. And if you drill down below the anger, there's fear. Uh, and then below the fear is love. But we don't like going that low. We don't like going there because anger keeps us in control. Yeah, right. And we are uncomfortable with sitting with our pain. I really believe that. Um, Brene Brown talked about this in her HBO series uh, with Atlas of the Heart, the book, the last episode. And this really resonates with me as a coach. And I'm, I'm, I love the fact that my job is now to help people navigate through these blocks in their life to help them become a better version of themselves. Mm -hmm. I geek out on this stuff. It's so fun. It's so fascinating. The, the more you learn, the more you realize like, wow, there, there are so many patterns here. But I think that there's time for people to process their anger, like, uh, like, there's a lot of emotion happening, but I again, I don't think the answer is more hysteria. I mean, I think it's to see it for what it is and see through it and then transcend it. I feel, and I feel like I was also inspired by at pride Gen Z, like really came to me seeing and observing the way they show up and how tuned mm -hmm. into emotions they appear to be and how big of advocates they are and just how diverse it was. I thought that that was really inspiring. Like it left me feeling really inspired that there were so many, so much, there was so much variety, probably more than I've ever seen really. Wow. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, so, but I understand the world is in a lot of pain right now and we're on a journey to learn how to be with that pain and mm -hmm. how to sit with that pain and how to release the pain so that we can make room for love and make room for kindness and make room for growth. Um, and that's the journey I think a lot of us are on. I mean, there's Roe v. Wade. There's also like, think about the million, I think about this every day, like the million, more than a million people who have died of COVID. And that's not including the mothers and the fathers and the sisters and the nieces and the nephews who are dealing with that grief and trauma yeah. and, and, and 
So there's lots of different, um, yeah. Anyway, I'll stop. Yeah, no, I, I think, I think it's to sit with the pain is not something that we're taught hmm. growing up. And I'm actually hopeful to your point around the Gen Z, you know, the, the way conversations start from a place of, you know, let's, let's start in the emotion. Like, let's start there. Mm. Let's not pretend it's not there. Let's not put mm. it on the thing and then carve it away <laughs> and let it go on the, as they used to say, the cutting room floor, right? Yeah. Like, let's not do that. Let's yeah. start there. Like, let's start the story there. And I think what's really interesting is it requires a whole different level of muscle and of listening and curiosity to start there. I do agree that there's more diversity and more container in that in this generation than, than I've seen hmm. in a long time. I'm also curious how much they have to teach us and how much we're willing to learn. From learn. Them, right? Because people can teach all they want, but if they look up and there's no there's no classroom. <laughs> there's no eager learners in their presence, then are we, are we growing? Are we learning? Are we evolving? And this is where it's been really interesting for me because, you know, to throw another uh, tip of the hat to another amazing singer who has passed, Aaliyah, mm. one, of, one of her great songs was Age Ain't Nothing But a Number. And mm. I, I, I cite that all the time because she was 14, you know, when she had released her first album. And I loved her stuff in high school, absolutely loved her stuff in high school. And I remember thinking how wise she was, that she surmised something we've always known, which is it's true, age is nothing but a number. It's, a, it's, mm. it's an assignment. And we assume that with age equates wisdom. And I actually think we're being reminded that's not true. There's a lot of people that are younger mm -hmm. than you and I that know more in some ways yeah. than you and I. They yeah. have more to teach us. And I think that even extends to, you know, age is not a function necessarily of wisdom, but even like your profession, like this yeah. is so random, but this is coming up for me as you articulate that, which is Ted Lasso. Yeah. One of the winners of culture in recent times is Ted Lasso. And what was the plot of that story? He was a man, a coach, full of love and kindness and empowering who taught a sport that he knew nothing about. And there were all these, I love the setup of the story, how there were all these reasons why he should fail going into the press room with all these barrage of questions and the hysteria and the this and the mm -hmm. that, but was able to recognize that he was responsible for the people who are responsible for the game uh, and connecting the be believe the poster of right. believe in the in the locker room creating a cult a culture of like just because i don't know soccer like an expert doesn't mean that i can't be impactful here right um, and i, I think yeah, there's so many lessons me. like from the ted lasso's the atlas of the heart you know i remember yeah. watching ted lasso it was, you know, during the height of the pandemic and we were all inside and we were all pretty hysterical and worried. And mm. that became this little container of hope. And I was like, mm. okay, 
as you said in the beginning, like what's your next right move? And if your next right move is to greet someone in a conversation with a pastry and say, I thought you might like this. Great. That's your next right move. You know, yes. Um, yes. And if your next right move <laughs> is to, to, to keep it a mystery as to where that pastry comes from, then that's your next right move, you know, but it's all with intent you, to your point around, you know, Ted Lasso's intent was to, regardless of his interactions was always to leave the person that he interacted with feeling better and a little bit surprised that they feel better about mm. themselves than they thought they could. Yes. That was big. I love the way he injected comedy as a mechanism to nudge people into believing something they wouldn't have otherwise believed. Right. Um, he very empowering in his questions in his commentary in his energy. And we all can access our inner Ted Lasso. Yes. We all have the capacity to access that. And that's what's so fun about me doing coaching is I think of myself as the Latino Ted Lasso, you know, sometimes. I love that, <laughs> I love that image. You know, like, how do I access that and, and leave people walk away with a higher vibration, feeling better, feeling like they believe? Yeah. Because you get, you know, you are what you believe. Yep. So if you believe that you're capable of going to the next thing and starting your own business, then you'll do that. And I recognized that last year after leaving tech after 15 years that I had to, I didn't have to have it all figured out, but as being part of the great resignation and following what was true for me, I had to believe no matter how long it took. And there were problems, there were challenges at three month mark, six month mark, nine month mark. I would get these, ooh, should you go back? Should you go back? And it was like, believe, believe my daily meditation practice took me back to trust the process, believe. Um, and more and more it's revealing itself. Yeah. Well, and I, I want to just thank you for that because it reminds me of my own journey and it's very intentional that you were episode 99, mm. you know, because I'm, in this place where I believed I could do this. I believed I could learn all of this myself. I believed I could research what I needed to. I believed I could grow as a host, as a listener, as a curious mind, as a storyteller, as a platform builder. And part of me can't believe I'm, a, I'm gonna be at episode 100, but. <laughs> yeah, baby. But that speaks to what you're, what you're naming. Mm the power of intention mm -hmm. and belief and taking the next right step. So yeah. I want to thank you for allowing me to bring you back for a reunion episode that also means a lot to me, given where I'm at in this belief journey of this platform and this podcast and this, the power of echoing stories that need to be told. You shared that story with me and that was a huge honor. And clearly it's resonated with a lot of people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. So I want to I'm name so that, for that and just kind of, yeah, yeah. I just want to put that out there because it's, it's really powerful on both sides. Um, well, thank you. And yeah. thank you for, to all your listeners and for all the people who have reached out and, you know, shared their story with me. Um, it's been a real delight and we've both, we're both on this journey together and I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you for having me back. And 
here's to 99 more podcasts, baby. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> where's, uh, before I, before I let you go, where's the best place for people to reach out to you? Obviously you've started the business. Um, is there a website people can go to that points them somewhere? Are there things that people can look at? Cause clearly those that listen yeah. have reached out, but would want to make sure that those new listeners and those that go back and listen to the original episode and get the whole canvas that is, uh, this powerful belief and resonance and frequency that is Julio yeah. Alvarez. Where, where should Let, they go? Let's go with Julio.com. Okay. And, uh, you know, it's the same handle on social media. The intention of my social is just to put positive energy out there. So you leave with messages that raise you up or give you something to think about or incorporate into your life. That is the intention of my social. And then you can find out more about my coaching services and the work that I do and how we might be able to work together at let's go with Julio.com. Thank you. This is such a, such an honor. And I, I, I'll just say it again. I'm so proud of you. Like having known you as long as I have and um, just such an honor that our paths crossed when they did, you know, we've changed a lot of people's lives and I feel really fortunate to get to be in this boat with you. Um, and there's going to be, there's certainly going to be some interesting seas, but we're going to, we're going to stay focused and we're going to help each other and anything I can do, you let me know. And it's just such an honor to echo your continuing story. Love it. Thank you so much. You bet. <laughs>